0: Hello hello and welcome to part 2 of our discussion on who is god. I'm sure that you really enjoyed the first part and I'm sure that you're going to enjoy this one as well. So I'm not going to take too much time except I want to say make sure you stick around for a little while after this podcast ends. Um Kara has an announcement of a project that she's working on that I think you would find very exciting as well. And please like always, share, subscribe, let us know what you think. We always want your thoughts and perspective. All right, so let's do this thing.
1: I think that it's, and I don't want to be rude, but I think it's insanity, frankly, to think that even all 8 billion plus of us, All having eyes on the same problem somehow means that we're going to, one, solve it, and then two, solve it correctly, if the problem is infinity. Mm -hmm. That's literally an impossibility. And so the best that anyone has anywhere is their perspective on infinity. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, that means that there's always gonna be some truth and error largely because and this is why I, I appreciate Rob kind of just like like it they're they're not being any any lines you know it's like I'm, I'm giving myself room to pick and choose what actually works in practice for me. We're not talking about theories or concepts. We're talking about what actually works in practice for me to make me a full, you know, functional human being. And I think where people really just like box themselves in is thinking that their view is is all there is to know about infinity. Right. Like or 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 even if it's not infinity, I don't I don't remember the word that Rob used, but outside of creation. Even if that's not infinity, maybe it's something else. But outside of, of creation, you are you think that you have any kind of conclusive, even a conclusive understanding of outside of creation, let alone an exclusive understanding <laughs> outside of <laughs> creation that makes absolutely no sense and so and and it's like whatever you're doing that's working for you just say that like why does it need to be absolute why does it need to be right why does it need to be you know okay this is how I'm doing it so everybody else needs to do it too like and and I think that if you are not bound Like if you understand your limitations and you're not bound to, you know, one way of thinking or problems like you, because you, because you know, you're limited because you know that there are people out there who have, you know, tackled these problems and been asking these questions and trying to figure things out since the dawn of time, right. You know, and, and you're, if you understand that, then you, I think it frees you to take, you know, like, like I said, to not, um, to not need your perspective to be right, and to be open to the ways in which other people's ways of solving particular problems can work for you. Just because it is not what you're familiar with or what you're comfortable with, doesn't mean that it can't work for you. And you know, we <laughs> uh, we're gonna eventually talk about the intersection between blackness and Christianity. Um, but this worldview that there's only one right way. To do something, um, it's like where, where did who, who did that come from? Where did that come from, and why are we, mm-hmm. we why are we taking no. that at face value? You know, like mm-hmm. because I don't think my ancestors were saying that. So, uh, <laughs> <I can laughs> and, as you were even
0: saying that, that's what I was thinking. Though I was like, and I, I, I think this is a fairly recent phenomenon. I think it's a fairly recent idea to be like, no, we know all of it. We've solved it right now. And it comes from a certain supremacist ideology.
1: (laughs) Well, but I think that that stems back for, you know, millennia, like because that that like Christian, like if you think about when Roman Catholicism first originated, like that was a really, really long time ago. Um, And it's not. um, And and as far as I know, I want to say it was one of the popes that kind of really put that out there from like an imperialistic um, power-centric perspective. Um, And, you know, like, I think people who, I think people don't even like recognize that that's a thing, to like recognize that it's happening and they're perpetuating it, if that makes sense. Like, and I think just D, because we I think a lot of Black people within traditional religious spaces have been, you know, kind of questioning as of late um, um, just like the impact that their programming is having on on their reality and how they're processing information as a Black person um, existing in the world. Um, and I think people are... Right. Becoming more open right. to considering the possibility that this I'm right mindset is extremely self serving and it's used to control, and it generally only benefits certain people at the alienation and marginalization of others.
2: Right. Yeah. Like the gun. Like mass terror and the threat of hellfire is a hell of a one-two punch, y'all, to make you kind of get in line with what what the program is. You know what I'm saying? Like we'll reinforce this prophetic terror with this very imminent present terror, and I think it's just kind of ingrained in people's minds. Like I. Every time I hear, it, and this isn't to be disrespectful, man, in no shape, form, or fashion, but I'm often, I wouldn't even say baffled, but I'm shocked that people can hold the idea of a God who set you on fire. For all eternity, and then also think he loves you. <laughs> like I'd be yeah. like, dang those are those are two two ideas to hold right there." You <laughs> <say it laughs> like like, forever, though,
1: just right. like eternally, just fried right. chicken Beside, forever. Besides, the fact that you have to grant me eternal life to <laughs> punish me, kill me forever, me forever. <laughs> but like you know, whatever logic.
2: You know, so, like ah man, you know I. Hmm. Mm, yeah. yeah. But then even I, I often noticed that like when when I was going through my process of just coming into my own in terms of my spiritual thought and practice, like some of the most profound people, some of the people closest to me, man, like when <sighs> that I could even resonate with the most. I remember there's one particular pastor, me. That's my guy. Right. Um, but when it got down to it, his his thing was like, like, Rob, what if what if you're wrong? If, if you're, if you're, if you're wrong, man, you're like, you're burning hell, bro. <laughs> like, dang, son, like, yo, like that's like, so like for a lot of people, man, their bottom line is I don't want to fry in hell. Right. That's what mm-hmm. actually motivates their belief system on a very guttural level. Yo, you know, it's not to say if hell was taken away, they wouldn't be Christian. But like when you start like chopping away at Christianity or like certain problems or issues and like they feel like that thing start falling apart a little bit, like you asking too many questions that I can't answer. Uh, uh, uh. At the end of the day, if I'm right, I'm straight. And if I'm wrong, I'm straight. But but if I choose that and I'm wrong, I'm burning to hell. And so, bro, I'm just staying here, I'm like, dang, hey, man. And it just like shut down, like brain just like stop, stop everything, you know? Um, and to be honest, I think like to a certain degree, I get it, yo. Like, like I I mean, two of us here have degrees in theology you know one of us just loves theology and, and it and is a you know a a minister by spirit you feel me not not only by study you know what i'm saying um that being Carl, just to, you know anyway oh, so you know like <laughs> so like we love theological thought but like i i get it like some people man i mean some people may not just have like the 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 leaning Towards this, in terms of like loving this these kind of conversation and, and wrestling with these big ideas, not to mention just trying to make it through life by itself. Like, right, right. listen, man, I got the gospel, bro. That ain't this good enough, fam. You really trying to pull me left and right and trying to take me up and down and all deep and listen, bro. I'm just trying to. I pay my little tithe, man. I show up to, to church Saturday, Sunday, whatever. I might even hit a little Wednesday night prayer meeting every once again, man. And now I'm going to heaven, bro. Okay, that's it, man. I don't really care about all the other deep stuff. And so I, I get it, man. That like it, it might just, you know, what what does it profit me to like examine all the minutia? You know what I'm saying? And so you know, I think I think sometimes that is um, relegated to a certain sector of society. Um, but I think like what Kara is saying is that it does actually end up having very serious consequences for um, us as Individuals and and us as a nation, even man, like like if to me, I was talking with a friend um a few days ago, and we were just she was like, why why aren't we like other um, nationalities or 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 ethnic groups or or races in terms like why don't we relate to the the quote unquote white man like the Asian does the Chinese the Japanese the Indian or like um the Arab does like why 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 aren't we like that and I, I I listen. A big one, I mean, one education, but a, a, another one that's major is religion is what we've been taught about Christianity. I, I think I think a lot of black people, um, maybe not super intentionally, but but like low key desire death and like low key desire a cross for like black people. You know what I'm saying? Because that's like our our prize is in death. You know, take up your cross. Okay. Jesus was sacrificed. Wow. He sacrificed for the sins of man. Like, I think a lot of black people want us to sacrifice blackness and black future for for white righteousness, yo, to hopefully like turn white people around. I think I think that's like with a lot of black people, and I think that's why we can't get free. Right. Because we think we're here to be Jesus to white people. Mercy. I'm like, yo, I ain't with that, bro. Mercy. I'm not getting up on the cross for my abuser, fam. You know, if if yeah. that's what if that is what God requires of me, I'm not with it, bro. Personally, you know what I'm saying? Like no. I mean, maybe on like a very like individual level. Like let's say there's some white cop and he about to get whatever, something tragic about to happen. I could save him but risk my life. I might do it, you feel me? I might, <laughs> but like I'm not gonna sacrifice my whole family and, and swerve my my minivan in front of him so he don't get. What you crazy? You know what I'm saying? Yo, fam, I'm sorry. We all gotta go. You know what I mean? It's your turn. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll be right behind you, dog. You know what I mean? Keep it real, and so. You know, I do think like, wow, I, I know a lot of us are tired. We do have to wrestle with these larger concepts because there are consequences, And maybe if not for us as individuals, definitely for our posterity, our progeny, for those that come after mm-hmm. us.
1: Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Can I just say really quickly, um, because it goes back to the like who you say God is and like why. I, for my, just, just for myself, I have to be so intentional about what I am relying on God to be as I am living my life. Um, so, you know, like Rob said that the pastor asked him like, what if you're wrong? If you're wrong, you, you go to hell. Um, and it's, it's crazy to me because first of all, like that conflicts with scripture. Like Even if, like, because even if you take the Bible at face value, um, like Paul says over and over and over again in the New Testament, which the New Testament is supposed to be the 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 testament of of Christianity, no, but it's like if if God says that I will work in you to will and to do of my good pleasure, or, or if it's it's God will work in you to will both to will and to do of his good pleasure. You're saved by grace, not by works. lest sinning man should boast because it's the work of God. Um, God will begin a good work in you and see it to its completion. Like, I, I, I'm not supposed to be able to save myself. And so, and like, if if me trying to see if me earnestly, genuinely seeking you and trying to find you and trying to figure it out and doing the best that I can with what I got, if that's not enough for you to do what you have to do on your end, to get me to where I need to be so that you can save me because you know that I can't, you know, I'm not capable of doing it myself. Then like, what am I even doing? Like being wrong, that's not supposed, I can be wrong as I want to today, tomorrow, three weeks from now, a year from now, but at some point along the way, if there's a plan for me, if if, if you're, you know, you know, you're working it, you started good work in me, it's here, it started, you're supposed to see it to its completion, and so at some point it should reach its completion. And if it doesn't, that's on you because I'm supposed to be saved by grace, not by works. Because if I could save myself, then I would be able to brag about it. And so if you can't do that, or you're not going to do that, then like, what are we even doing? Like, if I can't rely, if I can't rely on God to be God for me, then like, what's the point of even doing it? And beyond that, I don't think that Jesus talked about you know whatever you've done to the least of these like for no reason like at the end of the day I think what Rob said is true that I think we need to be intentional because there are consequences to not being intentional but at the same time I don't feel like it's supposed to be that deep. And I think a lot of the intentionality is unlearning all of the bad and, and inaccurate and, and illogical Marketing. things. We, right. It's unlearning. It's not, because I don't think that the message itself is really that complicated. And because I, I don't think that there's any religion or yeah, I don't think that there's any religion that I'm aware of like world religion, except maybe like Satanism that, does not teach some form of do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And I don't think that that's by chance. I don't think that the world ceases to like the world goes falls into chaos every time we're at each other's throats. You know, and people are power hungry and greedy and you know threatening each other's lives and whatever else like we have peace When we are, you know, willing to be respectful of others and others are willing to be respectful of us. Um, And so, like, I I just don't think that it's an accident that, you know, you have this judgment scene and whatever you've done to the least of these is the standard. And Paul talks about it in Romans 2, where he says that there are Gentiles who are a law unto themselves not having the law. Mm -hmm. but keeping the law. And he also says in Romans 13, that love is the fulfillment of the law. Um, And so it's like, you know, you can have all these commandments and all these doctrines and do all this other stuff. But at the end of the day, if it boils down to how you treat each other, then two things are true. If that is how it works, if, if that's what it boils down to, then two things are true. One, no one anywhere at any point has an excuse for not, you know, treating others as they would like to be treated. Um, And two, claiming a certain religion is going to be completely irrelevant if you lived your life in a way that was you know, evil and hurtful and damaging to the people around you. Um, and, and you know, and it, it accounts for, you know, cultural differences and, you know, war may have been okay for these people in this time, but not okay for these people in this time. Like, because it becomes a moving target, you know, like if, if the standard is sinlessness, but this was a sin at this point, but it wasn't a sin at this point. And, you know, like if, if it's all over the place, then there is no, you know, objective standard that can be applied to everyone. And there's an the argument that like, God um, only holds you accountable for what you know. But, like, if God, unless I had control over where I was born and what family I was born into and what that family believed and all that other stuff, then God is responsible for what information I do and do not have access to. And so, how can He, you are, you have control of it if you're not making it so that everybody, And and it's real easy. If you're all powerful, it should be real easy to make sure that everybody has access to all the the necessary information. And so if that's not happening, um, then I don't know how you even create some sort of objective standard by which to judge people. And it just it gets too convoluted and too complicated. And I think at the end of the day, it's not supposed to be that. I think it's, you know, I think the only thing that makes sense, given our differences and, you know, our different ways of thinking and processing information and the different time periods and cultures that we live in, um, the only thing that makes sense is do unto others as you've done unto me. And I don't, I don't think that you should have to have a degree in theology or even a, you know, super deep interest in theology or ministry or all of that other stuff to be able to, to understand the things that matter and the reality is that you don't i think people people who have you know diminished mental capacity understand love right children babies they understand love <laughs> right like every like justice like <laughs> right everybody everybody understands it and, and i don't think it should happen. I don't think it should be complicated and i think when it becomes complicated again for me that's where i start looking at people sideways mm-hmm. like yeah. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I, I I appreciate you saying that because, you know, some people may be listening and feel discouraged in, in terms of like, well, I'm not, I'm just not intellectual at that level. I just can't study at that level. But the truth is, and kind of to what Rob was speaking of as well, like we all have some connective point to who God is, just from living our life a person, even if it's just as a created being. Because that's mine. That's my vantage point, was just believing like something created this world. And there's certain goodness that I can just see in it that we can all consensusly acknowledge. Oh, this is a good thing. It's good to do unto others as I would have them do unto me. Mm-hmm. Beauty, I think, is another one of those things. Mm-hmm. Like just the fact that beauty exists and even the fact that there can be a beauty to painful and dark situations mm-hmm. as well. All of it to me just speaks of the idea that there was some intentionality put into just the makeup of reality and because of that any person with any mental capacity or from any cultural region of the world can engage just life and existence you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. anybody can engage creation itself and walk away with ideas of like okay this is what is good to do this is what is loving to do like all of us love to be loved all of us love to love <laughs> it's just something that feeds into you when you love and those things to me I think are much closer to every single person. And I mm-hmm. see God in all of those things. And so to me, I'm like, he, he, or he or she or it, whatever <laughs> right. you want to call it, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> can be accessed at that very and that's why I love that we we kind of have the full spectrum even within this conversation. Cause we have Rob who is just like, God hears me. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Right. And that's I love it. that. <laughs> that's the important thing. I know God right. hears me. You can't tell me nothing about that. Right. God <laughs> hears
0: me. But then we have, you know, like, Cara, like you have have walked and thought through and come to a place of like, okay, this is a God who exists outside of reality and who is all powerful. So there's implications to that. You know, I just I I think it's I think it's all beautiful. Yeah, that's that's me. I guess that's my thing. I'm like. (laughs) that is isn't a beauty.
1: <laughs> no, and, and I think it's just human. You know, I think that yeah. that is, that's the tie that binds. Like some people are super in their heads about stuff. Mm-hmm. I can't help it, um, but some people can. And honestly, if you can, like I envy you because it would be wonderful to just shut this off sometimes um, or most times. But, um, you know, I think, I think the only thing to me that always... Makes sense is, you know, just our humanity and and being able to relate to each other mm. on that level. Um, because I think it is the beauty, it's the pain, yeah. it's you know just this brotherhood of existing in this world um, that could bring us together if we were willing to allow it. Um, but I also, I like that in the way that I have been able to make sense of things for myself, Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I have to, I don't feel like, um, embracing our humanity means enabling or embracing damaging and harmful behavior or dangerous and harmful rhetoric. Um, I think that if like for me, love is a prior. Love is the highest moral imperative. I'm an agapist. That's what that means. Um, and so, anything that is is the opposite of that. And by that, I mean it's causing harm to people. Um, and and not even so much because I think that sometimes we, you know, unknowingly do damage like I'm sure Rob can attest to the fact that like if you're not mentally healthy uh, mentally and emotionally healthy you can do damage even where you're not trying to and so I'm not even talking about so much that as people who know that they have toxic or destructive behaviors or are being you know being faced or confronted with the um the products of their rhetoric or their behaviors um and don't care to, they're not able to embrace their humanity in that moment and have compassion and empathy for the people who are dealing with the impact of the harm or the damage that they have caused. Um, for me, I don't feel like loving means giving people unconditional access to me and subjecting myself to abuse because love i think is a universal concept but i think that relationship is very much so about reciprocity even with god like god can be trying to have a relationship with you like if if rob hadn't answered the phone or you know had the conversation didn't express you know then how can god talk to somebody who doesn't want to talk to God or isn't open to listening or, you know, if if you ask God for something or ask God to speak to you and then God tries to speak to you and you ain't trying to hear it, like, you know, what can you do? There's some level of reciprocity in the relationship aspect and just, you know, building and formulating that relationship and building that trust. Um, and you can't have that with people who are not willing to you know, give it a hundred percent like you are. Um, And I don't think that that's relegated to Christianity. I think that there's people from all walks of life who fit into that. Um, But I think that that's also like an important distinction because I get asked that like, Oh, so you're talking about love, but like I was in a panel discussion last year um, with people who had left church and stuff like that. And I, I, you know, so we created our own community to kind of accommodate people who have been pushed to the fringes. And this one guy who used to be an atheist, but is now an Adventist pastor, um, was like, well, yeah, I would like to be able to, you know, only deal with the LGBT community and like people who are progressive and whatever else. But the reality is that my church has people who are racist and bigoted and, and that's what I and I have to like, I can't my challenge is to learn to love them. And I was just like, okay. And I didn't get a chance to respond, but like obviously after the fact, I was thinking about it. And I'm just like, first of all, if your religion is accommodating racists and bigots and people who make people feel awful about themselves, then like, what is your religion doing? Why do they want why do they want to share space? with you and people who believe like you because like I don't know any racists I I get blocked by racists and bigots personally (laughs) um let alone them wanting to come to church with me it's just not a thing um and so (laughs) and so like I don't understand why they feel comfortable sharing space with you um because what truth are you sharing if if it's not you know holding them accountable for those things um and beyond that as a person of color as a woman um why am i why does love in your mind require me to subject myself to people who have dangerous and damaging ideas Mm. about people who are like me why why do you think that that's what love is Mm. and why, why, why am I required to adopt that? You know, like, why, why, why does love have to be that? Even if that's what you believe it is, like, it, where'd you get that messaging from? Mm-hmm. You know, is that something that, you know, you're getting from your relationship with God? Is that how God treats you? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when God talks to you, is, is that what God says to you? Or, you know, is it something else you know um and so i just feel like it's important for people to like i said in I guess if you care to unpack who God is, maybe you are, you know, comfort, comfortable with like whatever you've done to the least of these, I'm just going to try not to be a trash human being. If that's the case, more power to you. Um, but if you are, you know, thinking about these things, I think it's really important in your pursuit of, you know, just wrapping your mind around who you say God is for you. Um, being like I said, being intentional about discerning between what people are saying versus the practical impact that it has, not just on your life, but on the lives of the people around you. If your ideology or your religion is inspiring you to make excuses for causing pain to people, I would think that something is wrong. Um, And that's especially true I think, I think it's, it should be an especially um, important consideration for Black people because if you understand how certain ideologies alienate you based on the color of your skin, you should be able to give consideration to how those same ideologies alienate people who are not you. Mm. And if it's not okay for you, really think long and hard about justifications for making it okay for other people and ask yourself, am I really being a reflection of the God that I claim to have a relationship with and that I claim to serve?
0: Yeah. Yeah, Yes. Honestly, I think we can end it right there. So I, was- I mean, unless, unless that, do you got anything you want to add? Cause that was, that was, nah,
2: man. she, she landed the plane beautifully. Bro. <laughs> she
0: landed the plane.
1: Oh, thanks guys. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, it, it felt like that moment that you just leave to let sit in the air. So people are just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was good. That was good.
2: I- yeah. If I could take off, just a little bit you know, in a plane, but just as we're taxiing to lit. the runway,
0: right? <laughs> so as we're heading up
2: to the gate. <laughs> right. I, I, I am curious, and I, you kind of hit on it, Cara, Um, but I would like to hear from Jason too. But like, if you could just say, like, straight out, what, what do you know about God? What do y'all know about God from your mm-hmm. lived experiences?
1: What do I know? Not yeah. what I believe. What I know, I think, mm-hmm. is what you know that God hears me. Um, and, and I, I, I feel like I know that God loves me. Um, I think too much has happened in my life where, you know, it could have just gone left. And, you know, I just, I know that God has kept me in every phase of my life. And even though more often than not, I think I don't necessarily want understand the bigger picture. Um, or always see it, Um, what I can say about my past is that I see why everything has happened the way that it has happened. Um, And so there, you know, are things that in the moment may have been really painful or, you know, frustrating or whatever else, but, you know, when I'm more removed from it, I can see why God allowed it to play out the way that it did and what I needed to learn. And what that has taught me is to see how God is communicating to me in the things that happen in my life, especially the things that I don't have control over. Like it's not the product of my action or inaction. It's just like life is happening and this is what's going on. Um, You know, trying to see the lessons that there are to learn in all of it um, and seeing, you know, what God is just trying to show, uh, show me about myself at a given time. I, I, I don't know that there's much else to know for me, like to know definitively beyond that, because the rest, is, like you said, I feel like it's concepts for me too. I feel like I have clarity on, you know, what concepts I subscribe to versus the concepts that I think are ridiculous. But I think on a practical level, um, I just know that God hears me. Um, I, I believe 100% that God is real, um, that my life has a purpose. Mm-hmm. And I all, all I can do, the best I can do every day is love my family, love my friends, do the best that I can to be a blessing to other people in whatever ways that I'm able to do it. Um, and to continue to grow and evolve in every aspect of my life. And, mm-hmm. you know, whatever happens beyond that. Yeah. That journey is worth it. I don't it's not outcome driven. Like I don't I don't need I'm not relying on heaven being the end game. I'm relying on functionality on on this earth right now, and trying not to damage my child, trying not to damage my husband and my family members, trying not to be toxic and and hurt people who are my friends and stuff like that. Um, and so, I think if I you know reach an old age or I'm lying on my deathbed and I have done that, um, I can look back and and be content with the journey, irrespective of what happens, if anything happens on the other side.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um I guess to also answer that question, um, I get. I think for me it's kind of similar to where you're coming from, Rob, is um and actually to some of the things that you said as well, Cara, is just I certainly believe that God hears, um or feel that I know that God hears, but I also believe that God speaks, you know, like my, my encounter with the most high didn't come from a church setting. You know, it, it was ironically when I had kind of abandoned that world, almost kind of like you, like I'd left that and then I got pulled back from my real encounter with just, cause I, I essentially was atheist. I was just like, I just don't think. I just don't think I believe in this, you know? Like, I, I don't think I believe in any of this. I don't think any of this is useful. And then God, like, talked to me. And I was like, well, okay, I, somebody's here. <laughs> and so from that, that's literally, that was the pathway that took me to Oakwood and everything. Because I was like, okay, well, these are the people who say that they know. So let me let me go here. Let me hear from the people who know who this God is, who spoke to me. And um, so, yeah, I think I know that God hears that God speaks and that God is involved mm. or yeah, that, that yeah, is involved in the sense of like a redeemer and a rescuer. Like there's enough scenarios that I've literally gone through in my life where that relationship, with that same being who spoke to me way back in 06 is the same being that intervenes now <laughs> mm. going through something crazy, you know? And so, from an experiential point and perspective. Yeah, and I believe that, that 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 same being is the author of all that is, that makes up reality and existence, that makes up the beauty and the pain and all of that. And so me being finite and limited, I'm like, well, I trust that whatever that being is, knows what they're doing. And I'm just comfortable with that. I'm comfortable with not having to control all of reality, I'm com- I'm comfortable with only having responsibility for my small part of the universe. <laughs> Oof, so we definitely got deep in that one. Um, yeah, I would really love to hear you all's perspective as well, just on what your experience with God has been. Who it is that you know God to be from that experience just for yourself, you know, it was really beautiful to hear from Rob and to hear from Cara and to kind of get to share. I think that for most of us, that is the starting point that we have it's that relationship, it's that actual experience that becomes the foundation for what we believe. So Thank you once again for joining us for the Troublemakers podcast. We will be back next week with another episode. As I said, um, I'm going to play a little bit of audio of Cara just kind of sharing with us the project that she's working on and putting out an invitation for all of you all to listen and to check it out. Um, please, if you have any questions or you have any thoughts or perspectives or even if you want to challenge us, like seriously, I love the challenge. The When I get those those texts and I get those emails of somebody with a different perspective and thought, like it enriches me. So please be a part of the discourse. And uh, yeah, we will speak with you all soon.
1: Um, have made the decision to use my church's platform to create um, just kind of like an online safe space for people who are looking for community, um, but don't necessarily feel like they can find it within traditional um, religious spaces. Um, And so I'm trying to be very intentional about elevating um marginalized voices um and talking about some of the things that we face like you know leaving church and um what spirituality looks like afterwards we kind of touched on that today but finding um freedom outside of the confines set by other people um we're going to be dealing with the intersection of blackness and christianity um we're gonna be having just like some gatherings on Clubhouse and maybe even on Facebook if that's a thing. I feel like they have rooms or something in Messenger so um, we're going to be doing that converting panel discussions to a podcast um, but also the live streams will be happening probably once a week on uh, the One World Church Facebook page, the Lone World Church YouTube channel, and my personal YouTube channel, Cara M. Young. Um, so if you don't follow me on social media, um, I post about all this stuff on my Instagram. It's at Car Marie Young, K A R A M A R I E Y O U N G, all one word. Um, so you can do that follow me to stay updated on everything that we'll be doing Um, but yeah the goal is just to um, give people a space to find that community and get the love and the encouragement and support that they need from a community without pressuring anyone to conform to one specific ideology I think most people who you know have kind of gotten on board so far um, have just kind of I think what we were talking about today just kind of like piecemealed together, <laughs> you know, our spirituality um, and just figured out, figured out and are still figuring out what works for us. Um, and so if that is you and that speaks to you, then please, uh, by all means, feel free to join and ask questions, um, challenge. Um, it's all respectful and all in love. So we're not coming at nobody's throats and we're not enta- we're not entertaining. Are giving a seat at the table to damaging or hurtful or bigoted or racist rhetoric. So if that is you, I can tell you right now, there's no space for that. Um, but if you are, um, you know, someone who is just really trying to, you know, figure things out, I mean, you don't have all the answers, and you want people who know that they don't have the ans- all the answers either, and we're just communing together and having a good time and fellowship and uh then join the wave